What up? We are live. Welcome back to Dudes Doing Movies. Yes, yes. Here we are. Um, today we're we talking- at? episode eleven. Yeah, this is episode eleven. Wow, the big one, one. The big one, one. It's kind of insane that uh, episode ten was supposed to be our big um, mailbag episode, but you know, the best laid plans of mice and men. Thank you, everyone that uh, get ruined by sent stuff in. Yeah. Um, we're talking about uh brawl and cell block ninety nine today. Hard flick. Incredibly demented ass movie. Very fucking bleak. Um, this was your pick, Dan. This was one of yours that you wanted to do. Um, yeah, I think this movie's fucking awesome. So I'm excited to dive into it. Yeah. Um, before we do, uh, you see anything else? Um, any movies? Any trailers? Any shows? What what what's new with you? What's been going on? So I haven't really. I keep seeing the same old trailers, and there's nothing really that like has popped out to me that I wanted to to talk about. But as far as like movies and shows go, uh, rewatched Blade Runner: The Final Cut. I think it's probably oh. the best cut of the movie. It is absolutely classical. Um, I think that cut is like phenomenal. Dude, and it's, all, good. it's the, the best easily. They really, it's been a while since I, I watched it. Cause I think the last time I watched it, I found the original, like theatrical cut online and the final cut really, it fixes a lot of the weird color gradient shit in the movie too. Well, it also takes away the stupid ass fucking voiceover. Oh yeah. That ruins the movie. Yeah. The narration. But um, I feel like we'll definitely hit a Blade Runner episode, uh, specifically the final cut at some point. Maybe soon. Maybe we'll do it soon. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Final cut. I mean, it's on HBO Max for anyone that hasn't seen it. So one of my all-time favorite movies, a pinnacle of sci-fi. Um, I, I rewatched Clockwork Orange last night. Or half of it. I'll probably finish the rest today. I think... I sat on it. That's why I texted you at like fucking two in the morning. Like, you got a favorite Kubrick movie? Because I think Clockwork Orange is mine. Dude, I woke up to that text and I'm going to be honest. I went to sleep last night. I don't know how or why, but me and Julia were both so tired. We went to sleep last night at like fucking 8.30 p.m. So I didn't mean to no sell you there, brother. But um, I don't know if I have a favorite Kubrick movie. I, I think I said Clockwork Orange. Like off the top of my head, Clockwork Orange is probably mine. Um. I don't know. I don't I don't really have a lot of strong feelings about Stanley Kubrick one way or the other. Really? Yeah, is that is that a, is that like a crazy hot take? I think so. I mean, he did like The Godfather of sci-fi movies with 2001. Shit film. Absolute shit film. No, I disagree. It sucks, dude. It's so fucking boring. It's, it's so awesome. fucking boring, man. You want to talk about a movie like fucking Bo is Afraid, like we talked about last week, that's just indulgent. Bro, that movie is just this fucking dickhead just being indulgent. And I know it's like, I, I granted, I haven't watched it in years, but I tried to watch it in middle school. Obviously, I was too young to understand it, thought it sucked. I tried to watch it multiple times when I was in high school, thought it was boring and sucked. Tried to watch it in college, thought it was boring. And then I definitely tried to watch it in like my mid to late 20s, probably like I feel like it it was probably like when I was like 25, 26, 
tried to watch it again. Dude, uh, it's just, it's not for me, man. It's so fucking boring. You're insane for that take. Everything that went into filming that movie, too, is insane. Like, I don't care. Everything. Oh, fuck. I don't give a fuck what went into it if the movie sucks. Do you like The Shining? Uh, yeah, the sh- I saw The Shining when I was younger. I'm not a huge horror movie guy, you know? It's more than that. Oh, it's so much more than a horror movie. Yeah, Open the eyes wide shut. That movie's for perverts, brother. Yeah, it's fucking... Oh, my God. Tell me you at least like Full Metal Jacket. I like half of Full Metal Jacket. What, the beginning? Yeah, I like the first half. The second... After... The first half is amazing. The second half... After Vince, the whole Vincent D'Onofrio thing ends... It's like, it's not bad, but I just think the first half is so much better that it kind of just is like, what are we doing here, you know? Yeah, I mean, Vincent D'Onofrio in that movie is like unbelievably unhinged. Uh, Holy shit, the beginning of Full Metal Jacket is maybe one of the best things I've ever seen in my life. I wish the rest of the movie did deliver on that, but I think the last like 30 minutes of the movie are incredible too. We'll do Full Metal Jacket at some point. Yeah, that's a fucking amazing movie. God, think, you just uh, fucking bummed me out so hard with I, th- I think Josh from, Josh from Pensacola, when I hit him up asking for him to come on the pod, uh, he said that he wanted to do... I asked him if he had any... Intri- like, what movies he'd want to do, and one of them he said potentially was Full Metal Jacket, so maybe we'll end up doing that with him, but... Uh, yeah, I don't I, I don't really... Ha- I, Clockwork Orange is definitely my favorite uh, Stanley Kubrick movie, and even then, the movie's great. The book is way better. I never read the book. I feel kind of inclined to. It's good. It's way better than the movie, I thought. Um, What else did I see this week? Blade Runner, Clockwork Orange. Oh, I watched new episodes of Barry. My God. I need to watch Barry. Dude, the final season has been unreal so far. Uh, Bill Hader is straight up the man. I, uh... I really want to, uh... I really want to watch it right now. I just started that show beef. I heard that was good. I mean, I'm only like an episode in, but the first episode I was watching and I was like, okay, this is just like, you know, another Netflix show, I guess. And then like the end of the episode, I was like, it just like kind of, it kind of pulls you into what's really going to happen. You're like, oh, this is awesome. And I'm, I'm really excited to uh, keep watching it. All right. I'm going to, probably check that out within the next couple of weeks what else you've been watching anything um let me see i'm trying to think of what shows i've been watching because i haven't been i mean i also watched uh, true detective one and three seasons one and three here's one for you i'm oh i mean true detective season one god tier everything after that well i mean i never actually watched three is good i never watched it but i heard it was not as good as one but better than two is what I Dude, heard. I got I got two no, I got three episodes into season two, and I was just so confused because there's so many fucking characters and it's written so it's written like they were just fucking doing crack in the, the writing room. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> um and then one is like a masterpiece. Yeah, it's incredible. Um I watched uh I watched Reservoir Dogs. Um, did we talk about that on a previous episode? I can't remember if last, if two episodes ago we talked about Reservoir Dogs. I don't know if we did talk about it on the mailbag one, but Boring. I love, love it. Love Reservoir Boring. Dogs. Um, Harvey Keitel's awesome in it, man. 
He's the best part, but I, I it was fine, but I was kind of bored. Uh, I finally saw John Wick. Good God. That was so fucking good, dude. Um, Maybe and- the best movie I've seen this year. Here's one. I'm obviously very late on this. Everybody in the in the universe says this is the best movie ever, and I just never got around to watching it. But uh, I finally saw Parasite. I told you, man. I told you, dude. It was fucking awesome. It was I so fucking told fucking you. Good. Like, couldn't believe how fucking good Parasite was. I gotta watch um, Memories of Murder. That's on my watch list. And I think after I finish Clockwork Orange, that's up next. Yeah. Uh, it looks fucking insane. And it has a lot of the same people that... Uh, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. But the director of Parasite has like a real reoccurring cast of characters. Like, they're even in Snowpiercer. Some of them appear in Snowpiercer and The I've Host. Never, and... I've never seen Snowpiercer. It's awesome. Yeah, I know. I need to, I need to see it. That's I the best Chris Evans movie. I, I really do. I really like Chris Evans, so I feel like I, I should I should get around to that. But he's insane in that movie. That 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 would be a good one to do for the pod because there there is a lot to talk about with it. Yeah, there's um, a lot to break down in that movie. It's fucking great. But uh, how about you? Anything else that you watch that you're uh, that you're particularly a fan of? Uh, as far as watching that, that pretty much covers it. Oh, I also, I played the Callisto Protocol, that horror game that came out a couple months ago. And I fucking hated it so much that I had to finish it just to see if the ending was worth it. And it sucked ass the whole way through. And as soon as I was done, I just felt empty and pissed. That I sat through 10 hours of that excruciating bullshit. Sometimes that's just the way it is, man. Boy, she fucking goes. It is. It is what it is. <laughs> um. What uh. What anything else like as far as trailers that you saw that you liked? I saw a trailer. Fuck, I can't remember what it's called. Uh, there was that horror movie that the Australian horror movie trailer that played right before Bo is Afraid, and apparently that's like getting raved about as one of the scariest movies of the year. Uh, what, I think it, it comes out in July. Talk to me. Talk to me. Yeah. And uh, I'm really, really, really excited for that. It looks really fucking good. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm good on that. Dude, come on. It looks rap metal, man. It looks fucking rap metal. Just watch a horror movie. Go see evil dead rise. Dude, that looks just so fucking rad. Like, demented mommy being like, eeny, meeny, miny, mom. Like, dude, this is so rap metal, man. Come on. Dude. Yeah, that's awesome. No, I'm, it's too rap metal for me, bro. I don't like the Hot Topic ass shit. It's, I, it's not my thing. Did you like the 2013 Evil Dead? I don't know. I didn't see it. You gotta watch that shit, man. It's good. It's really good. It's not, it's not my thing, bro. We're gonna do it for the pod, so you're gonna get forced to watch it. No, man. Come on, bro. I don't like <laughs> fucking horror movies. I'm so picky about the horror movies that I like. You know, it's just like is what it is. Yeah, Evil Dead 2013, next week's episode. Oh, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh I uh I did see a trailer that I'm very interested in that movie, uh Sisu. 
Have you seen the trailer for that? Oh yeah, uh, Pol no, uh, Polish John Wick, Hungarian John Wick, like Finnish, Finnish like John Wick, like World War Two era John Wick. I thought it was on streaming, and I was trying to find it the other day, and then I realized, oh, it didn't even come out in theaters yet. So I wasted twenty minutes trying to find it. Dude, it looks fucking. It looks awesome. It's gonna be. It looks so sick, man. Um. Yeah. When does that come out? I think it's what my understanding of it. I could be wrong, but I think it's already out internationally, and now it's just getting American distribution. Okay. All right. As soon as that hits theaters, I will be there. Yeah, it's. It looks fucking. It looks, it looks fucking hilarious. Yeah. Um. But that's pretty much it for me. Um. I'm 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 ready to jump into the uh to the flick if you are. Dude, let's let's get it. I mean, we're we're doing Brawl and Cell Block 99. Uh maybe the most insane role that Vince Vaughn has ever been in. Yeah. Um uh, what'd you give it on Letterboxd? I gave it a three and a half out of five. Um All right, I gave it I gave it a four. It's here's the thing. This is an incredible movie. It's fucking awesome. I think realistically upon sitting with it and I've seen it before. This is not my first time seeing it. Um, I probably would and should give it a four to be honest with you. I just like when I finished, I was just like, fuck man, that was so fucking bleak. Like it's just like, I was just like, so it didn't make me feel good watching it. You know what I mean? And like, I think just like maybe right then in that moment, that's not what I needed. And maybe that's why I gave it a three and a half, but I'm thinking back on it. And I feel like I should definitely give it a four, not a three and a half. I mean, here's the thing with the movie is like, it's a great homage to like grindhouse movies and seventies, like exploitation films. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it really does feel kind of like, that just like it just makes you feel like every everything down to like the set pieces the fucking way it's color graded everything it's just like dude it makes you feel especially when they get to like the crazy maximum security like it makes you feel fucking filthy watching it you know what i mean it's i don't know i don't know if there's like other prison movies that really kind of like are just like this like homages to 70s grindhouse shit and the way that like the the action and how brutal everything is is so like it's all over the top in in a good way um i don't know if like there's a lot of i can't think of other movies really like this that take place in the prison i mean we did ricky o but that is it's not the same this is like an actual movie. Whereas Ricky O is kind of just like an adventure, I guess, of a guy like doing shit in a prison. Yeah, fair enough. Um, Which is funny because Ricky O takes place entirely in the prison. Yeah, it takes a while. I, I, a gripe I have with this movie is that it takes a while to really, to really get going. The movie's like two hours and 15 minutes i think and it takes 
probably an hour for things to really start moving. The pacing is definitely like a little wonky in the beginning. And I think that's my, my biggest gripe with it. Mm-hmm. But once, once Vince Vaughn is in the first prison and everything just falls into place, I, I think everything leading up to it could have been sped up and the movie could have been a little under two hours because mm-hmm. there's not really even character development, you know, like, the movie starts off with him meeting his girlfriend or ex-girlfriend beats the fucking shit out of her car. And then is like, we should get back together. And then the next scene she's pregnant. Yeah. I mean, they kind of like, I feel like they kind of did that to get the, the ball rolling, you know? And that's really just like background stuff that like, Really, the story starts once he's in the prison, like you said, you know, like them them doing that. I kind of appreciated that. I kind of welcomed that, you know. I think the movie could have started with you finding out he was a boxer, you him, like his wife or girlfriend or whatever, already being there, already being pregnant, and then him going to meet his like boss for the drug deal and then going from there. Yeah, I don't think it needed more background, especially because like all the characters are extremely one-dimensional, and like all the main characters are one-dimensional. I'll say that. I think the side characters get more development because Vince Vaughn doesn't change from the start to the end of the movie. Right, he's just a simple guy. He has one objective, and he go he does that objective, and he moves on to the next. Uh, his girlfriend doesn't really like do much until the end. Mm-hmm. And like the the real characters are th- I think are in the prison. Like uh, the thing that another thing that isn't I don't know if I would say is a gripe, but like in the first prison you meet Lefty and uh, Andreas, and they're these two characters that like I kind of wanted more from. I think they both deserved more screen time than they actually got because I think it's less than 10 minutes before he like they move on to the red leaf which is like the final level of the movie yeah Um, I think that's that's where the pacing is kind of like fucked up yeah I mean I to me those characters didn't really even feel like characters as much as they felt like they were kind of like so I use this example, I use it as an example for this a lot. This is like kind of why I hate the I know I talked about it in last week's episode. This is why I hate the fucking Joker movie so much. The Joker is not a character. The Joker is a plot point that is used to develop Batman's character. The Joker shouldn't exist as his own character. There shouldn't be character development. There shouldn't be progression. There shouldn't be a whole arc. He's one-dimensional, and he exists as a point to develop Batman's character. I felt like those other characters that Vince Vaughn meets in the like minimum security prison, they're not characters. They just are there to kind of lend themselves to the character development of Vince Vaughn and the plot development of Vince Vaughn and just kind of there to show like, you know, he's in prison. He's here for seven years. The situation's fucked up. 
But, you know, he's meeting these people that aren't so bad. You know, it's 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 just all there to establish that his prison stint is going to be bad because it's a medium security or minimum security or whatever federal prison stint. But you know what? He's going to get through it. It's not the worst thing in the fucking world. The conditions could be worse. And it establishes all that just because, you know, he's going to get to the point where he now has to make the choice to give that up and go into the way worse fucking conditions and situation, you know? Yeah, that's a that's a good way to put it. Um I I think it's a thing with all the S. Craig Zoller movies that the pacing in the beginning is always like he can never quite nail a start to a movie, but the second the second and third acts are always phenomenal. So I think Bone Tomahawk and Dragon Cost Concrete are kind of in the same boat. Let's let's talk about S. Craig Zoller real quick. So it's kind of, he's kind of this. So first of all, this movie comes out in 2017. Um, He, it's a second movie out of three. And it's kind of crazy that he only has three movies because I, and one of them is pretty different than the other two, because you watch this and you watch dragged across concrete and you're kind of like, Oh man, this dude He's got like a vibe and he's got a tone and he's got like a thing that's like his thing. You know what I mean? He has such a distinctive voice. And like when I think of this movie, I think in my head, I'm like, oh, that's such an S. Craig's. And like how you're like, yeah, you know, he's his movies sometimes start a little slow and then they really flourish in like the middle and later acts. It's like crazy that he's like established this whole like thing that's like his thing with only three movies and one of them being pretty different than the other two, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, well, Bone Tomahawk too is kind of like, I know you haven't seen that, but it that I think the vibe for Brawl and Bone Tomahawk are both similar in the sense that they're both kind of homages to like 70s grind house movies. Yeah. But Bone Tomahawk is almost at times almost a horror movie. Um the tone for that movie is pretty intense, start to finish. But the again, the the first act of Bone Tomahawk could be easily 20 minutes instead of almost like 45. Yeah. Uh, he, he's a, S. Craig Zoller, weird, weird guy. Well, yeah. <laughs> Real weird fella. Um, he's in a metal band. He goes by SAR on stage, C-Z-A-R. Is that true? Yeah. What's his band called? He just goes by SAR. That's it. Or Caesar, oh. I'm not sure how exactly you pronounce it. Oh, damn. That's crazy. Yeah, he does, like, his own soundtracks, too, for the movies. He has a uh, he has a new movie coming out. I don't know if you've seen anything about it. Uh, no. The Big, the Big Stone Grid. I'll go see it. I, he's won me over. He's three for three with me, so. Um, yeah, but this, this movie is very, it's got a very just, like, I said, like I said, like gritty, dirty, like grindhouse kind of vibe. Like you're watching it and you're just like, first of all, like I said, the set pieces feel, and I think the way it's color graded as well, makes it feel like you feel dirty. Like I finished watching this movie, same with, uh, with Drag Across Concrete. Like I finished watching it and I like had to go take a shower. You know what I mean? Yeah. This movie is brutal. I, not to, I feel like that word is used a lot to describe a lot of things. 
And I think this movie, uh, this movie is absolutely brutal. The, the violence in this movie is, it, it can be hard to watch if you're like faint of heart. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, the 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 like the fighting too the combat it's so it's so like I so I watched this with Brezza the other day and uh shout out to the homie we were we were talking about how the combat in in this movie and in his movies in general it doesn't feel like you watch it and you're like these are not like court well choreographed like this isn't the fucking matrix this isn't fucking you know, enter the dragon. Like there's no flashy shit going on. This is just like so visceral. And these, and these fights are just like, it really lends itself to like the brutality of it. You know what I mean? Like when you watch a movie like the matrix or crouching tiger, hidden dragon, or any movie that, or like even John wick, which is John wick is a lot more brutal than those movies. But even John wick, there's like this flowing kind of like dancing poetry in motion, like beauty to the combat like there's nothing beautiful about the way these dudes are fighting it's fucking just like it's just like grit and just like visceral action you know what i mean and i think that that contributes to the very grindhouse feel of it all yeah i mean they lay the groundwork pretty early that vince vaughn is was formerly a, a boxing champion and uh a lot of the fighting in this movie feels like realistic like there's no it doesn't feel choreographed or anything like and sometimes it, it looks like almost almost a little awkward almost but it it makes it feel more authentic in a way yeah in the the awkwardness works like it looks awkward in the way that a 70s grindhouse movie like would have awkward kind of fighting you know what i mean yeah i i think it it, it lends its strength to the movie in that regard i think vince vaughn is pretty pretty good in this movie i i his he's so fucking tall yeah dude it's crazy we were talking about it we were watching it we're like yo is he really that tall me and brezen we had to google it he's six five dude yeah he's big as fuck that's why he's able to smash people's skulls open and shit yeah you really realize it i think when there's the scene where uh he's first introduced by his kind of like boss to the two dudes who he's like going to do the who the like drug pickup with and there's like the one guy who's like supposed to be a gigantic henchman like he's really buff and he has like the crazy deep voice um and when you see and then you see them walking next to each other and you're like oh Vince Vaughn's bigger than that guy and that guy's supposed to be like a big imposing figure you know what I mean yeah he's he towers over everyone in this movie and it's kind of Again, like it takes a, a while for him to like finally get pushed to the point where he like snaps on people. But once he does, like all the he like fucking just crushes people. He fucking curb stomps the shit out of people. He like my god. The the violence is so insane. The gore is crazy too. The the one security guard that he was like friendly with, he fucking just snaps his arm off. Yeah. It's just hanging on by like ligaments. It's fuck. <laughs> it's so fucked up. It is fucking insane, dude. The uh, the one was there one piece of gore in the movie particularly that was like, that was like, 
not necessarily your favorite, but I mean, maybe your favorite or one that stuck out to you. There's two. I mean, the we're gonna the have the same. Stomp. Two. I feel like we're gonna have the same same two. Yeah, but. final curb stomp of Elazar, just him decapitating him. Dude, curb stomping him into the shithole. I literally like cheered when that part happened. I was like, oh, the first time I saw this movie, I couldn't believe it. It was such a good revenge moment, dude. And then the last one is when he gets shot in the head. I spoilers, but the movie is like six years old at this point. Yeah, we're, uh, we're we're always spoiling. It's fine. It doesn't matter. Uh, when he gets shot at the end and his head just like fucking explodes like a melon, like it almost looks bad, but it happens so quick that you don't really have time to process it. And you're like, oh shit, that's it. Dude, the one for me that I was like, oh my God, dude, was when he stomps on the guy's face and, and, and like scrapes it off when he stops oh, when he's the- going up to Elazar. When he stomps on the back of the guy's head when the guy's face down and then he like scrapes the guy across the fucking floor and then when the dude rolls over, his face is just peeled off. Yep, that one's yeah, fucked dude. up. Oh, that one like, that like made my stomach turn, dude. And you, you, I mean, you grew up with the horror movie shit. You definitely have like a way hardy. You have definitely a stronger constitution for gore than I do. There's no doubt in my mind. But for me, that part was like, I was like, Oh man, that was like, that made me not queasy, but just for a, a split second, it made my stomach kind of turn, dude. I think I probably another when that happened. One thing I want to praise on this movie is the the audio work in the movie itself, because when the fight scenes are happening and when Vince Vaughn is decimating people, you get all these little these little notes of bones cracking and like flesh tearing like it sounds fucking crazy yeah it's Uh, really good the audio work in this movie is really good one thing in particular with the audio work that i noticed that was like it dude the sound of the stun belt that they put on him when he gets to red leaf it it got to the point where like even me i had like a visceral reaction to it like when i would hear the like it's like sounds like a taser but just like cranked up to like it's like a taser on crack. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, the way they have it in the mix in the movie sounds crazy. Yeah, it, it like made me like feel like anxious every time I would hear that noise, you know? One thing that's really, really crazy about this movie, and like there is somewhat of a soundtrack and like there are songs that pop up, but like throughout most of the movie, there's no music. Yeah. There's no like not even like in the background or like layered underneath anything. Like most of the movie is just like the noise of the prison. Like it's really fascinating and it really makes you feel isolated with Vince Vaughn. Yeah. I really like that. I think that's, that's something that I didn't pick up on my first watch and that I got on this watch. Yeah. Um, man, dude. So I think my favorite aspect of this movie um, not so much small picture as far as little individual things, but on a big picture thing. One thing that really my favorite thing about this movie is that the whole movie builds itself up in a way to where the ending feels so fucking rewarding. And it feels like you see this dude who just like is such a victim of circumstance and just has all this fucked up shit just keep happening to him and keep happening to him and at the very end when he finally gets his fucking he just like you know gets his wife and kid out safe 
they fucking it just like all flips in Vince Vaughn's favor so fast in like the last five minutes. You know, the wife gets free. His boss fucking shoots the one the fucking European guy. His wife takes the rifle and smokes the fucking abortionist. Vince Vaughn fucking curb stomps Elazar's head into the shithole. And then he just walks away and is just like, all right, I did what I had to do. Just kill me now. I don't have to live out. You know, I, I accomplished my goal. I don't have to live out my life in this fucking shithole prison for seven years. And he's just like gladly gets smoked. And it's like, it's so fucking rewarding, dude. And it's like, the reason it feels so good is because it's such a good build up to it to make you want to root for Vince Vaughn. It makes you like him, even though he's like kind of a scumbag. You know what I mean? Yeah. The writing is real good. I mean, he plays a redneck. It just a random redneck guy. Like, and the whole movie, he it's him just getting like fucked over. And he's like, all right. Okay. All right. And he's just like dealing with all the shit until, uh, Dr. Placid comes along and, they're like, oh, we're not going to... So, we didn't talk about this. The reason that Vince Vaughn is trying to get to Elazar, the dude that double-crossed him, is because they kidnap his wife, and this is so fucking weird, man. This is a S. Craig Zoller peak reason why he's a fucking weirdo. Uh, so, they kidnap his wife. She's pregnant. They're not going to kill the baby. They're going to have the best abortionist in the world like sever the child's limbs and make the baby come out disabled. And like, while that is tragic and unfortunate, the child would still be born if he didn't go through the prison escapades. Yeah. And like kill Elazar at the end. So it's pretty, I don't know. Like it's just like a, a weird almost like funny thing like oh we're not gonna kill your child we're just gonna it's just gonna lose a hand like <laughs> i mean it's a, it's a testament to his character though like it's a testament to like this is just a dude who's just like he needs to do the right thing and he needs to fucking you know whatever it takes and whatever it takes is him essentially throwing away his life to make sure that this that his child is not born disabled on account of his actions like that's like what it comes down to is like he doesn't want his kid to have to pay in such a tragic way for his fuck-ups you know what i mean yeah i you know that's a good way to put it i didn't really like i didn't think of that that's a that's a good way to put it um it just to me makes it makes that character even more like respectable almost you know what i mean yeah, Vince Vaughn is very good in this movie. His character is, again, a criticism I have is that it's he's a little one-dimensional and just kind of just has an objective and then goes to the objective, but there's nothing inherently wrong with that. I, I kind of disagree. I feel like this character is pretty complex and pretty layered in a way that – so for one, the first thing we see him do is like freak out on his girlfriend and like – smash her car up and so obviously he's like you know that's like a fucked up thing to do and he's like kind of like shitty for that you know what i mean but then like after that we see him be loving and caring and like take care of her in like a way that like 
we see that he's trying to do the right thing and he's changed in that short period of time. And he's like trying to do right by her. And like, it just makes it like, he's not just like a perfect husband, but he's not also some like totally piece of shit, like abusive dickhead. Like he's pretty, he's, he's multifaceted in that way. You know what I mean? And it makes you like characters like that. It like, it makes you root for them, even though they're kind of like a scumbag, you know? Okay. Yeah. Um, That's valid. Another thing, too, that I was going to say is in the same way that this whole movie builds builds up to make us want that moment where he finally gets his moment and has his way. And then we get it and it's that much more rewarding because of the build up to it. I feel like him breaking down in tears at the end of at the very, 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 very end of the movie on the phone feels so much more impactful because the whole time we see him and not just him, but the whole movie, it's so cold. It's so brutal. It's so single-minded in like what it's going for. And it's so, and, and Vince Vaughn's character, like you said, is so objective oriented. He doesn't fucking play around. He does right. What he's got to do. He doesn't second guess it ever. He's so fucking tactical and cold and pragmatic and to finally see this emotional release at the end, it was like, dude, that is so much more effective than if we saw him being emotional throughout the movie. It wouldn't have that same effect at the end, you know? Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I didn't I didn't really consider that. I always kind of viewed it as him being like, I must do this now. I'm going to go do this drug deal because I need to provide for my family. Oh, no, I, mean- I have to go kill this guy in cell block 99 i have to go do this now okay there isn't a guy there well i'm gonna just go and fucking murder elazar now that's the thing though like if 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 you didn't get that moment of him like showing that he is human at the end i might feel that way when the movie wraps up i might be like oh this this was a great movie but the character was pretty one-dimensional but that kind of humanizes it retroactively you know it kind of shows that hey man this guy is, he's a human. He has fucking feelings and he has emotions, but he was so committed to saving his wife or girlfriend or whatever. And, or it was his wife. Cause I, the whole scene where they're trying to take his fucking wedding ring away and he gets pissed. And that's another thing. It's like the only time that he really even shows an ounce of emotion prior to that is when they're like trying to take his wedding ring away. Everything else he fucking is like, ah, you know, I'm getting abused in fucking prison, whatever it is, what it is. Oh, this is, you know, like the only time he shows any emotion is when, you know, they they come and tell him that his wife's in danger. They try to take his wedding ring away. You know, those sort of things. It, it just, it builds to this character. Show, and it's just like, like I said, at the end, him crying, it really retroactively humanizes the character in a way where it's like, okay, this dude has these feelings. He has these emotions, but he put it all, he buried it all. He like suppressed it because he had to stay focused and do what he had to do to make sure that his wife doesn't die. And his daughter is not born without legs because of his actions, you know? Yeah. That's a, that's a good way to put it. You know, that actually, that makes me rethink what I said. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of the other characters are pretty one dimensional besides, I mean, he might be the only character that isn't. Yeah, for sure. Everyone, there's no real character development for anybody else, but for him, he he is surprisingly like for the type of movie it is, he is a pretty 
rich character to me. And Vince Vaughn does such a great job with him. And and I think that that is why the movie stands out and isn't just like another in a slew of fucking grindhouse type movies. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's yeah, that's a really good way to put it. But one thing that really complements the movie, and that is strictly from grindhouse movies, the Warden of Redleaf. My God. Yeah, dude. The guy from fucking uh, Miami Vice. What's his name? Uh, Don Johnson. Every moment he was on the screen, and any time I watch this movie, I'm I'm just fascinated. He, he, he does the job, and he does it perfectly. Such a good villain. Dude, he, he's just... He's not even, like, evil. He's like, oh, you like to hurt security guards? Well, we're just gonna fucking do it ten times worse to you. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, still, he's still a good he's, villain. Oh, he's great. He's fucking fantastic in the role. He's so good, man. Like, the this is probably my favorite scene in the whole movie outside of all the hyper-violent shit. The bargaining scene right at the end where Vince Vaughn has a dead security guard, another security guard hostage, Elazar hostage, and he has Elazar's phone. And they're trying to, like... Vince Vaughn knows he's going to die. But yeah. he's trying to prolong that to be able to call his wife, make sure things are fine, and, like, say goodbye to his not-yet-born child. And the, the whole bargaining scene is great, where the, the warden is just like, so do I have time to light a cigarette? Yeah, I and love like, that. No, when he goes, I got time for a cigar? Dude, I love yep. that. Love that part. Uh, when they start coming in, and Vince Vaughn's like, "Oh, I only, I still have like a minute." Yeah, and that's when he fucking decapitates Elazar. Yeah, and then him and the uh, dude. I love when he goes. Yeah, he goes. I still got that minute I told you about. Like so redneck, and then he's like, "What are you doing in there?" He's like, "I'm executing Elazar," and they're like, "All right, let's let's go. Let's fucking put like." <laughs> When he's here calmly, yeah, I'm executing Elazar, and and the other dudes just like see an op the the other prison guard like sees an opportunity to make a break for it, and he does, and Vince Vaughn just doesn't care because he doesn't give a fuck about those guys. They were just collateral damage for her to for him to get back at this dude who fucked him over, you know. Well, he said he wasn't going to kill them, and yeah. then the one dude tried to like make a move, and Vince Vaughn, this part's awesome when he smashes his head in with the door, yeah, and then he just goes, "You stupid fucking idiot!" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> Dude, I mean, but yeah, Elazar's a fucking bastard, dude, and I'm glad I got to see his fucking head. He's really the villain of the movie more than Warden Tugs is Don Johnson's character. But I mean, like, dude, the the moment when, I mean, this is a bleak movie full of bleak moments. The bleakest of all to me was when Vince Vaughn gets taken into cell block 99. He's dropped into that fucking prison room where there's just glass all over the fucking floor and like he's just like you know it's like this is fucked dude and he calls across to the guy across the hall and he starts asking i forget the name of the guy who he's been told he has to go kill and he's asking and the guy's like dude there's nobody in here by that name and you just have this realization you're like oh shit he got set up there's nobody here for him to kill he got brought here for some other nefarious reason you know and we learned that that reason is that the guy who, who has beef with him is there in that prison and he wanted to get him there just so that they could beat him up and torture him in prison every day. Um, but yeah, that moment when you realize there's no guy there for him to kill, he's not fucking saving his wife and child. 
Like, it's just like, oh, my God, dude. It's it's so bleak. We didn't talk about when he first arrives at Red Leaf and the warden, like, straight up just humiliates him as much as humanly possible, like, makes him strip outside, subjects him to, like, a cavity search that's off screen. Yeah. They put him in, like, the first cell he's in, like, the toilet is fucked up and, like, he has to wrap his shirt around his head to, like, oh. just breathe because the smell is so putrid. And then when he finally gets his escape and gets to go to the yard and, like, he's asking another prisoner, like, hey, do you know if this guy is here? And they're like, oh, no, you have to get the cell block 99. And him beating the fucking shit out of all these, like, quote-unquote scary dudes yeah, is awesome when he's, like, he goes over to the, like, the weights and shit like that. And they're, yeah. like, kind of, like, having a good exchange back and forth. And then Vince Vaughn just fucking decimates all of them. Yeah. He's about to stab one of the guys with the the barbell that yeah. doesn't have any weights on it. Just fucking about to impale his ass. And the guards stop him. Dude. It's, oh God, it's so fucking good, man. And I really feel like uh, S. Craig Zoller, he, so there's, Vince Vaughn is in this and Dragged Across Concrete. Um, The woman who plays Vince Vaughn's wife in this movie is also in dragged across concrete um the guy don johnson warden tugs is also in dragged across concrete and there was at least one other oh uh the guy who plays the bank manager in dragged across concrete is the guy who plays the prison guard who gives vince vaughn a hard time and takes his wedding ring away um it, it just seems like i love when uh, directors have like a chemistry with actors and they know that, you know, these are the actors that they like and fit what they're going for. And they just like reuse them. And I really hope that I get to see m some of these characters or some of these actors reappear in, in the next or any future uh, S Craig Zoller movies. That was something I noticed having somewhat recently watched dragged across concrete as well. I gotta rewatch Dragged Across Concrete because I think it's at the time I saw it when it first came out, and at the time I was like, oh, I think this is my least favorite of his movies. But, really, I was gonna yeah, ask. You, I was gonna ask you to rank them. I'd probably I'd say Brawl's number one, Bone Tomahawk, and then Dragged. So, admittedly, I haven't seen Bone Tomahawk. Um, it's something that I need to see. Um, I've seen clips about of it and I've, you know, I'm familiar with it. Like I know a lot about it. Um, I definitely, I think cell block 99 is fucking awesome. I definitely, 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 definitely like dragged across concrete more. Really? That's your favorite. Yeah. And I don't know if it's, it's a, just maybe that the vibe of it is a little bit more my vibe. Um, this movie as far as like, you know, they're both kind of just like brutal, gritty action movies, but the the vibe and energy of this movie is a little bit more of like bleak, while the vibe and energy of Dragged Across Concrete is like a little bit more like thrilling, I feel like, you know, like the whole last half or last act of the movie uh, in uh, Dragged Across Concrete where they're having the shootout with the overturned like fucking Brinks truck. Dude, I was like, I can't remember the last time a movie 
had me on the edge of my seat the way that scene did, you know? And that scene lasts for a long fucking time. It goes on for quite some time, but it doesn't feel like it when you're watching it. You're just like, holy fuck, you're so in suspense and so the tension is incredible. And like, that never really happens too much in this movie. I feel like the tension is pretty good uh, when he is sitting outside the prison door making the phone call and like doing the negotiation and then he pops in there. It's like to execute Elazar by fucking stomping his head into the shithole. I think that that scene has pretty good tension, but overall it's not a movie that's like edge of your seat thrilling. It's just like kind of bleak and brutal, you know? I think the... I would say it's pretty thrilling once he gets to Elazar at the end, like, and fight, like, kills all of his goons. Like, I think that is pretty. The tension there is pretty good. And then the bargaining scene and him holding Elazar hostage, and Elazar, like, won't call off the, the abortion or whatever until Vince Vaughn has to, like, force him to. Yeah. I think the tension there is pretty good. The, the last act of this movie is unbelievable uh truly like amazing the the last act of this movie could be a whole movie on its own yeah i mean i think it's that good that it could be its own like 90 minute piece i mean well i don't know if i agree with you there because like i said what makes that act work so good is just how downtrodden and fucked up everything that happens to vince vaughn leading up to it and the moment that he takes out the rubber insoles from his shoes and sticks them in the the uh, stun belt, like on the part where it shocks him, and they hit, you hear the sound, and he doesn't react, and you're like, "Oh shit, he's it's time. He's literally about to get his revenge for." Every- God, that part is so good. <laughs> it, it's just like you're so fucking ready for it, dude. You're so like you're like, let's fucking go, bro. I want to see these motherfuckers get murked. And, and you get that payoff and it's fucking awesome. And and it's an incredible movie. But I do think just Dragged Across Concrete is like a little bit more of an action movie in the traditional sense than Cell Block 99 is. Yeah, um, Cell Block is definitely like more it, – it's more of a homage to a certain time. Yeah. Whereas I think Dragged Across Concrete is more of just like here's here's an idea I had for a bank robbery movie. Yeah, and that's that's just – so I think they're both equally great movies. I just think it's personal preference. Concrete is yeah. a, little, a little bit more my thing than than Cell Block 99. I love an homage. I, I really do. And I think yeah. this movie nails that perfectly. Yeah. Uh, another cool um, Grindhouse homage is uh, the whole like 70s Grindhouse shit. There was like all the, the Kung Fu stuff going on. When they show the fucking one of uh, Elazar's goons is like, doing Kung Fu moves to the uh, weird heavy bag made of tires in the fucking yep. prison. Like when he's like doing straight up Bruce Lee moves to it. I'm like, so that's... funny. Then it just gets a shit smoked anyways. Yeah. He tries to do some Bruce Lee shit, like weird pressure point karate chopping Vince Vaughn and Vince Vaughn's like, nah, I'm, I'm just going to fucking throw overhand rights and just smash you, bro. <laughs> One thing that is really awesome in the first act is the shootout with the cops. Where Vince Vaughn kills Elazar's brother. Yeah. Uh, or no, his sister's husband. Sorry. Yeah. That part is awesome. The thing that fucking killed me, and I couldn't stop thinking about it, 
is he's shooting at the cops and he goes, you ready for 9-11 part two? <laughs> God. Dude, so awesome. There's some good quotes in this movie. Yeah. Uh, there's a part where... um. <laughs> There's a part where Vince Vaughn is like getting water from his boss's house, and I forget what kind he he gets. And someone says something along the lines like, "Oh, that water's gay" or something like that. And Vince Vaughn just goes, "I didn't know H two O had a sexual orientation." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> dude, yeah, that line is awesome, dude. The the Vince Vaughn's character is just so good, dude. He like he, the witty ass fucking. He's just like, I don't know, he's such like, he talks the way like some like earnest redneck really like would talk. You know what I mean? Like, I like that he does, he didn't, sorry to cut you off, but I I like that he doesn't lean into like, oh yeah, Vince Vaughn is like this weird right wing guy or anything like that. He's just a dude. Yeah, he's just like a guy who just like, he, he, he's just like a guy who just like wants to like do what he's got to do to provide for his family. That's like all he, you know what I mean? Yeah, that he he just wants to be a good family guy, and like, there's no. I, I'm glad that he doesn't go into like weird political shit because there's a lot of weird like, almost like libertarian kind of overtones to a lot of S. Craig Zoller's movies. Yeah, including this one. There's some weird weird commentary that I don't really dig deep on, but uh, for the the sake of things, like I like that Vince Vaughn's character is at the core at the end of the movie he's a good a good person and a good character you know yeah he doesn't really do anything he doesn't do anything evil or malicious like everything he's doing is a product of his environment essentially yeah i mean early on in the movie he likes when he smashes up his girlfriend's car out of anger that's like the most fucked up thing he does and even then we see him develop and like redeem himself and they show him being like a very loving, like, caring, like, husband to her after that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's good, 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 good shit. Uh, you got it's, a favorite scene? Um, I have a favorite scene. I mean, just the whole, like, last act, the whole redemption, like, the payoff. It's such a good payoff, you know? This is yeah. – okay, this goes back to what I was saying about Bo is Afraid. This is a movie that similar to Bo is Afraid. It's not in the same way that we're like put through the fucking ringer and and have to, you know, work hard and give it like emotional fucking labor to watch this movie. It's not the same type of ringer and emotional labor, but it's still there. And in Bo is Afraid, we don't get the fucking payoff. But in this one you get that payoff man and so that whole final scene when he puts the fucking when he put the whole last act when he puts the fucking uh the rubber insoles in the shock belt and he just like takes care of business and then he fucking gets the job him just getting the job done it it felt so good it felt like and in in a in a way that was like another that was another uh ode to um you know gr- grindhouse era movies like a lot of those grindhouse movies are like revenge films especially like um you know like women being assaulted or like taken advantage of yeah last house on the left like yeah yeah and then them being like fuck it it's revenge time and like the 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 his wife at the end like being like give me the fucking rifle and taking the rifle from his boss and just shooting the 
fucking uh, abortionist. That was like a cool revenge moment, you know? God, that part's awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the whole last, the whole ending. I mean, it's as crazy as it is to say, this movie literally has a happy ending. Like as fucking twisted as that is and may seem given the context, the movie has a happy ending, you know? Like, Yeah, good, it really does. The good guy yeah. wins. The bad guy fucking pays. And like Vince Vaughn dies. He's brutally executed, but like, He's brutally executed knowing he accomplished what he wanted to accomplish and he has a fucking smile on his face. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, um, did you ever you know, I never really thought about it, uh, having a happy ending. That's yeah, kind of funny. It, it does. It, like, it's it, hard to say, but it does. It has a happy ending. It ends on the darkest moment possible, too, which is insane. Yeah, but given the context, that moment, is it's a happy ending. Yeah, that's fucked. This movie's awesome. Holy yeah, it's good, shit. dude. It's really fucking good. But what what was your favorite? What was your favorite part? Favorite scene? I think the bargaining scene. Yeah, right before he executes Elazar, and then going into that that whole sequence is like, it's it's really fucking funny until you realize where it's going. Yeah, I mean, that has that emotional moment too, where he fucking cries on the phone, dude. Like, and it's just like seeing that is so in like it's in such stark contrast to how downtrodden the rest of the movie is and and emotionless and cold and just fucking it's it's just such a good moment and then and then you get the fucking most brutal moment of the movie immediately after you know yeah that's fucking this movie is incredible do you it's think so this is the best Vince Vaughn role i don't know it's i mean it it is fucking insane seeing him play this kind of role and you know how the role that he plays in dragged across concrete yeah dragged across concrete after seeing him in like fucking you know my whole life i always thought of vince vaughn as like a comedy guy you know i mean he did do the cell i don't think which I is like that. i think that movie's a pile of shit i think that'd be a good one to do for the pod because that i think that movie's a pile of shit but there's people that dig deep and really think the movie is like this the spectacle that's like really saying something but i think the movie is just like a lot of self like masturbation what's it called uh, yeah just the cell i never even heard of it dude yeah j-lo's in it vincent d'onofrio yeah it that would be a good one for the pod but i think i mean outside of his comedy shit like dodgeball is awesome like Anchorman, still pretty funny. Zoolander, like yeah, old he school, old school yeah. Zoolander, Anchorman, Dodgeball, fucking Marty Funkhauser's cousin. Yeah, I think that this this one role is like incredible for Vince Vaughn. Like this is like the kind of shit that like most actors kind of wish they can do. I feel like being able to do a comedic be. Be known as like a comedy guy for decades, and then you get this role, and it's like, holy shit, this this man can do it all. I mean, it's like Adam Sandler. It's like Adam. Or Bill Sandler. Hader. You, yeah, yeah. It's cra- it's crazy, man. It's dude, Adam Sandler. God tier. We got to do fucking punch drunk love, dude. Punch drunk love, uncut gems, dude. He's he's a fucking great actor. He's awesome. Yeah, but all right. Well, 
you got anything else to say about this insanely bleak flick? I think to to wrap it up, I would say if you haven't seen this and you sat through this whole episode and kind of spoiled it all, you should still watch it. There's a lot of shit we didn't talk about that happens in the movie that is pretty incredible. Um, if you've never seen any of S. Craig Zoller's movies, I start with Bone Tomahawk and just work your way up. He he has such a a distinct style in in modern cinema that I don't know if any other director really has. He all of his movies are like so tonally similar, but the execution is so drastically different for for all three that he really like I can't think of any any modern directors that are like as provocative as him, I would say. And you know what, dude? They're it's provocative in a way that like it's it's not provocative for the sake of being provocative. You know what I mean? This doesn't yeah, he, feel like self indulgence. This doesn't feel like art bullshit. This is just storytelling, and they're good stories. Just like, you know, that happen to have that sort of tone. You know what I mean? It's to me, this isn't Lars von Trier like being shocking and bleak for the sake of being shocking and bleak. I don't know how you feel about Lars von Trier, but I think he kind of another self masturbating guy. But like, right, right, right. And this doesn't feel that way. This doesn't feel like him. This doesn't feel like him having some weird demented grin, just being like, "I'm going to show shocking things on screen just to do it." Like, this is just storytelling, dude. You know. And the movie has a fucking yeah. ending. I think, dude, I, that's another thing too, is like, I don't really view as Craig Zoller's movies as like art house movies, at, but I could also see an argument for someone being like, well, I think they are. Uh, I, I think he, he genuinely writes stories that are interesting. And like some of the stuff definitely is like a little, eh, like the portrayal of Native Americans and Bone Tomahawk definitely isn't great. Yeah. But I think the movie overall, like it, it, it's paying homage. That specific movie is paying homage to such a certain time in horror cinema that, like, a lot of directors, people aren't really doing that anymore. Like, Grindhouse is a forgotten thing for the most part, and people don't really reference that in modern filmmaking. Yeah. Um, I think S. Craig Zoller is telling stories that are very provocative and very fascinating. I. He really, there's. I don't think there's anyone in filmmaking like him currently. Yeah, definitely one of a kind. The only people that I would say are like close, or like people that I would view in the same kind of category are like the Safety Bros. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Um. Yeah. I. I think. I. I don't really have any other closing thoughts. Other than what you just said, you you summed it up pretty well. I think if you haven't seen the movie, you should go see the fucking movie. Um, at the very least, like we talked about a lot of things that happen in the movie as far as plot points. But this movie is such a movie that's fueled by vibes and fueled by like emotion or emotionlessness to the point where it is an emotion. Um we can talk about this happening or that happening or the way things looked or quotes or whatever, but like, we can't, you know, we can't explain this intangible vibe. You, you, you really have to watch the movie to, to, to get that. So, uh, 
yeah, that would be my thing. You should definitely go see it. Yeah, 100%. We're definitely going to do Bone Tomahawk and Dragged Across Concrete for the show. There's yeah. there's absolutely no way that we we can't. I know we kind of – we didn't really spoil anything in, in those movies or, like, talk about them, but both of those movies, too, have insane themes and plot points to really dissect. And, like, there's things in those movies that, like, they sit with you for years. And, you th- like, there's memorable moments – I think Brawl and Cell Block also has at least five memorable moments. The movie is... All those movies are great. Just fucking watch all of them. Yep. All right. Well, um, what do we got next? What's coming up after this? All right, let me see here. Next up, we have Hard Boiled. I've never seen it. Oh, man. That's... That- that's a fucking movie, bro. Is that the best John Woo movie you think? Yes, man. Come on. Hard See, Bo- I'm only asking because I haven't seen too many John Woo movies. And I know he has like fucking so 20, maybe 30 movies, but I think I've only seen Face Off and Mission Impossible too, Dude. Hard boiled, bro. That's that's it's gonna be awesome. I'm excited to for you to see it. It's a I love that fucking movie. I'm excited to talk about it. Me too. I'm really excited for it. Fuck yeah. All right, man. Well, if you don't have anything else to say, we'll go ahead and sign off. Yeah, hit us up on uh Instagram at dudes doing movies. Send us an email, dudes doing movies at gmail.com. We try to get back to everyone who hits us up and like send recommendations or whatever man like just send us shit send us movies that you like and would like to for us to cover we we love that shit yep um follow uh follow us on instagram at dude dudes doing movies um tell your friends to check the pod out rate it review it you know all that good good classical podcast stuff yeah we also have uh both have letterboxd accounts and we've been keeping up with a a list of shit we've been watching on it. So if you want to throw that a follow or engage with us on that, you know, yeah, that's also an option. I got a list going of, um, of all the movies that we, uh, that we're, uh, doing. So if you want to look up the dudes doing movies podcast list on Letterboxd, it'll have all the movies in order. It'll have the pages for them. You can, you know, see him and do whatever so yeah yeah Best. thanks for sending us through uh thanks for sitting with us and listen to us ramble about this fucking insane movie that i hope you watch yep we'll be back next week yep all right later peace